The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Bird Calls. He is Ali Cosell. I am David Grubb. And uh, we'll start with the obvious. We are in the aftermath of, of what is the most disappointing regular season loss of the season so far for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, not just because they lost this ball game. It's the manner in which they lost 133-89 to to the Los Angeles Lakers in the semifinals of the in-season tournament. Ali... We're not going to break down what was from the start. I think you could tell in the first quarter, and I think you, we would both agree, in this business, you get asked a lot, what do you think is going to happen in the game? Everybody else will ask you that. You go on the radio, every interview. And the only thing I would tell people is you'll know in the first quarter if the Pelicans have come to play. And even though they led by one point after the end of the first quarter, they never looked like they were, they had matched the energy force that the Lakers were trying to establish uh, in that game. And it just became more apparent, especially in that second quarter. And then in the third, it, it was just hammered into the, in, into the head. But the, the Pelicans were never, ever at the same level as the Lakers from start to finish in that game last night. Biggest stage. Everybody's been talking this up. All of a sudden, the in-season tournament has become a very important, you know, event on this schedule. And even the own players like Zion talking about how, hey, he lives for this, right? So you could tell he was looking forward to it. And he's usually a guy that's very genuine with his emotions towards media. So for them to come out and play the way they did, and specifically, I've got to highlight it. Zion Williamson in that first quarter was a complete no-show. His teammates were asked to play four on five. And it, it started right from the very beginning. Second possession of the game, the Lakers had the ball. D'Angelo Russell simply went by Zion as if he was just a traffic cone. Didn't even make any kind of effort to stay in front of him. And it just completely collapsed from there. Zion didn't look to make plays. He couldn't stay in front of anybody. He couldn't help. Couldn't crash the glass. He was so disengaged that it makes you wonder if there was more to it, right? This, this isn't design where, okay, I'm going to be a little bit lazy or I'm tired or something. No, there was something that was definitely, it felt like, right. was holding him back. So whether, you know, Las Vegas having spent two nights or got to him, maybe some of his teammates too, because I thought Brandon Ingram looked a step slow, but Z's lack of focus just so stood out, David. So to where I'll, I think a lot of us that don't even like to, you know, tweet out negatives about certain players because you, you you accept off nights. This wasn't an off night. This was hopefully the night of his career, right? This is what you hope is going to be an example to where he turns things around. But again, I don't know how you can have hope that he will, right? How many times have we have the mention, does Zion care, right? Does he care about getting his body into shape? Does he care about being engaged? Like in the preseason, we were talking about it right? Where teammates had to call him out. Then again, about three weeks into the regular season, again, there had to be a team meeting. 
largely because Zion wasn't on the same page with the rest of the guys. So it's a habitual problem. And it's one I think that we should all be concerned about because I know the front office is. Yeah, our colleague Christian Clark um, published an article for NOLA.com um, in the Times-Picayune, um, and he kind of detailed some of the problems that are still going mm -hmm. on with Zion, especially when it comes to his discipline with food. That, you know, we were told they'd had a chef. We were told that, you know, things were supposed to be more controlled this season. But from what Christian indicates, they are still trying to get him to, to be disciplined about his, his dietary choices and how he handles his body. It is clear. And Ali, this is a conversation that's been had by the media, behind the scenes, if, at games, every home game. Does Zion look a little bigger to you? Mm -hmm. Zion look a little bigger to you? And it was apparent last night on the court that he's heavier than he was at media day. It's, it's, it's clear. I mean, like the guy that you saw at media day is not the guy you saw on the court last night. You have the commentators talking about it. Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal again, begging, practically begging Zion Williamson to take care of his body first and foremost. Um, because yeah, 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 you can't. Let me point out. It's not fat shaming, right? When this has happened in the past with Z, there was a lot of fat shaming going. This is actually genuine concern, it feels like, to where they it's just want they don't want to see this man waste his talent, right? They don't want to see his career go down as a big what if. That's a feud. You know what I'm saying? And like, if there's a psychological barrier there, I hope the Pelicans can find it. If it's a genuine problem, if it's you know caused by an anxiety, by the pressures of being Zion Williamson, I, I get it. Whatever it is, it is the thing that's going to derail his career because we are not ever going to see you can't play your best. You cannot play your best when you're looking at what LeBron James is doing with his body and their questions. But regardless, the commitment you know, the commitment of guys like him, of Kobe Bryant at the end of his career to taking care of his body, um, certainly Steph Curry, with the things that they have to do to maintain themselves on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to go out and perform at a high level. Zion has never taken those seriously for whatever reason. And you're now at the point, and someone tweeted this yesterday, Ali, and I think that this was a, a very apropos tweet as well, that with most one-twos in the league, this Pelican starting, I mean, uh, supporting cast would be really good. You know, this would be a really winning team with most of your lead one-twos in this league with a couple of exceptions. We know that they need to be bigger. You know, like that's part of the game last night too, is that they, again, the Pelicans were exposed for being small in areas. But for the most part, this supporting case is very good. You're only going to go, and this is what we've known, you're only going to go as far as your best two players carry you. And we know what the ceiling is with Brandon Ingram. Even if he plays his best, we know what the ceiling is for this team. You were hoping that Zion Williamson would get it and raise the ceiling. I don't know if either one of them will ever, you know, can be the type of player who leads the organization forward. And if that's the case, and the front office is paying close attention to these things, what do you do now? Yeah, we know Brandon's not a true number one, right? When he's at his best, he can play with the number ones on just one end of the floor, right? He can help you with some rebounding. 
with with some timely deflections because of his length, but he'll never be like, say, on that Kawhi Leonard's level when he was at his peak. Um, or even offensively, let's say Luka Doncic or James Harden at his peak, right? Where they're so dominant on that one side of the ball that they're legitimately superstars. Brandon just doesn't have the the you know the skill set combined with the athleticism, right? It's just not there. Right. So yeah, that's a legitimate question because with Zion, I don't know how you can have any faith in a guy that said this summer that he's gonna right the wrongs. And I like I said, I hate dwelling on this, but it's true. You know, we've seen the mistakes and you can write it off after X amount of years, but this is his fifth year in the league. He's not a rookie, David. And I know he doesn't have, you know, 500 games under his belt, but he doesn't need 500 games under his belt, right? He knows not for the effort. He knows he's had every person in his ear. So you you hear what CJ has even said, right? They're only going to go as far as tackle you as, as far as these two guys can take in with BI. It's only he can take you certain length. Z potentially could take you, you know, almost a whole way. But right now, you know, my hand should be below this off the, the screen, right? Because he's not doing any kind of carrying. Look at his last three games. He hasn't scored over 13 points in, in three of the last four. All of a sudden where we thought he was turning a corner, it hasn't. So again, to your point, you have to wonder, is there something psychologically going on, you know, behind the scenes that's that's more than basketball, right? Is, is there something else that we can attribute this to? But either way, we don't know. And I... I don't even want to speculate on it, but Pelicans have to figure it out or they have to move in a different direction. And I think they showed their cards this past summer, right? It wasn't Brandon Ingram that was swirling in trade rooms. It was Zion's name that kind of, kind of cropped up while they were kind of dismissed quickly, but the Pelicans had real interest in Scoot Henderson. And it sounds like they have real interest in bringing in somebody else that could potentially be kind of that leader that you're referring about. Um. You know, Ali, the one thing you, you shouldn't have to, to to teach is effort. And that was just apparent last night. You know, you you have been citing this for a while, the Zion closeouts. Um, they were abhorrent last night. Um, they were somewhere. You know, again, you have stills of the entire team pointing, that's your man. And he was given, in most situations, the easiest assignment, um, you know, for, for guarding someone. Yeah. but. Cam Reddish hit a three early on when that was his assignment. He pinched in the middle and couldn't get you out. Know, to, to get hot. Crazy. You know, you don't like the role players in these games. You know LeBron James is coming with it. You know they're going to try to establish Anthony Davis. You know that D'Angelo Russell is going to take shots. But you don't let Torian Prince go five for eight from three. That's something that the Pelicans had not allowed is the secondary guys to go off this year. They were, you know, top 10 in the league in contesting threes. Um, Three-point percentage, again, the Pelicans may allow a high number, but teams do not shoot a good percentage against them in threes, and the Pelicans in turn dominate on the interior. But last night, when you let LeBron go four for four from three, when you have Tarian Prince go five for eight, when you have Cam Reddish get that one, just get going. The worst shooting you know team I mean? in the league from the perimeter. The worst the worst and they go almost 50 percent you know what i mean like you allow austin reeves who had the reason he's on the bench is because he hadn't been hitting shots right and you allow austin reeves to get not only three pointers but you let him get to the free throw line you let more players get to the free throw line you know and and that the pelicans allowed the lakers to get offensive rebounds over and over again those were effort plays and the lakers came in and, and I think the thing that we wanted the Pelicans to see 
if there's going to be something good to take from this was, again, this is not the NCAA tournament. This is not AAU basketball. This is not, you know, whatever you wanted to, to, to associate it with. This is the NBA. And these are grown men, and they're playing for money, and they're playing for legacy. And you've got LeBron James out there taking three charges, three charges at, at Michigan's age. He's so tired of Michigan's age. Yeah. But he wanted it. And the Pelicans didn't. Yeah, David, look, last night cannot happen again. So when if if Zion or any other player is so unfocused, so disinterested, you know what has to happen? Willie Green has to yank that player from the court. I mean, I was actually shocked by the time uh, Zion came back in and we still saw continuation of that, right? Earlier in the year, what have we heard oftentimes on the broadcast? Antonio Daniels crediting Zion with, okay, he's letting the game breathe. He's, he's taking things in. And sure enough, most times when he would reenter the game, either, either at what, towards the end of the first quarter or at the start of the second, he was better, right? You suddenly saw effort. You suddenly saw him dissecting uh, opposing uh, defenses, even if he wasn't completely committed on the other end. But there was no signs of that yesterday. So again, Willie Green cannot allow for this to happen again. Because if Will, or excuse me, if Zion goes down this path again, you got to stop it in its tracks, right? Because this is something that can permeate an entire roster because it certainly permeated through the game last night, right? Because all of a sudden you saw guys honestly become disinterested. So by the third quarter, they completely let go of the rope. Trey admitted it, but he didn't need to admit it, right? We saw that. And I even tweeted that out. And, and anybody that was watching the game just felt it, right? So these are one of those two or three losses that you kind of hope that don't happen this season, but they may. But when they do, you better learn from them and you better not allow for them to happen again. It's, you know, you're going to get blown out some nights in the NBA. That just happens. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like you said, it's when you look at the things, this wasn't a night where it's like, guys, they took shots and they missed shots. And it, the Pelicans made bad decisions a lot of the night. I thought offensively they were incredible. They allowed the Lakers to make it a game of physicality mm-hmm. because that's what the Lakers have. They are bigger. They are stronger. They're not faster than you, but they are bigger and they are stronger. The Pelicans had to counter them with motion. Instead, it was the Lakers who had motion and were getting yeah. clear passing lanes to cuts to the basket. There was none of that for the Pelicans. You didn't see the passing that we saw against the Kings because the Lakers are not the Kings defensively. You have to make a commitment when the other team is trying to intentionally stop you from doing what you're doing to do it in a different way. You, if you've got to run that screen, that cut wider because the, they're playing it somewhere, but we just didn't see the ball movement. We didn't see the player movement. And as you said, that energy was throughout the roster. Like even Herb Jones was not Herb Jones. You know what I mean? Like it just, the, it wasn't fair. And I think that because, because Herb didn't want to play and compete, but as you said, when everybody's energy starts to drop, when it, that feeling sinks in, that energy is no longer there to push against that tie. You're playing it out. You're giving it what you've got. But what you've got is much lower than what you started. First possession of the game, LeBron backs down smartly. Or not backs down, posts up Herb Jones. And and that's a smart play to do, right? He's probably got 60 pounds on him. pounds? And, yeah, of course, he gets fouled, gets the end one. And 
then I think Herb learned from that. Then the Pelicans also started switching other guys, right? B.I. started guarding LeBron some more. But again, that wasn't the only issue or only example of physicality by the Lakers. But they set that tone right with the first possession. And what did the Pelicans do? To your point of where they should have been playing faster, they were running off the screen slowly. It looked like when the ball was swinging around the perimeter, it was taking an extra second to move, right? You know how it can bounce from hand to hand to hand when, when it looks good, right? When they're mm -hmm. in the flow, when they're in rhythm. They were nowhere close to that. So, again, I don't I don't know. You hope it's because it's Vegas. You, you hope that the entire team, you know, maybe had a little bit too much fun. But I do want to say Herb in those first six minutes was outstanding. He oh, uh, basically their best <laughs> offense, right? Four offensive rebounds, had a couple putbacks. And uh, then, of course, it filtered through even to him, right, to where it's like, okay, what are we doing here? So, yeah, David, I don't know what else I really want to say about this at game because there's not much to say, but th th this was bad. You know, this is something that on national TV, everybody saw who you were. You were exposed, right? And so you've got to carry this now with you through the rest of the regular season. If you're a team that truly believes you're great and you want to be great, this is something that you always look back to. So if you start off – you know, any future game poorly, you don't have the energy. I hope you can summon this game up, talk to your teammates about it, and make sure it doesn't repeat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, a team meeting is not going to be the thing here. You know what I mean? Like, you, you've no, done there, that. There's you nothing I mean? like you've done that. It was all understood on the court yesterday, right? By player reaction. Yeah. Yes. You saw it. You saw how guys looked at each other at the end of this. You saw the body language. Um, I hope that it was a long, you know, whenever the Pelicans leave, I hope it's a long and difficult plane ride because it should be. It should be. There should be harsh conversations between teammates. Not mean, you know, not angry, but accountability conversations between teammates and coaches because Willie Green's got to look at how he's using his rotation again as well. And and what groups are you putting together? I thought, um, you know, the small lineup, I think the Pelicans made a mistake last night in going small early, uh, again, because the Lakers were establishing physicality. I think you had to meet them and be strong early. And the Pelicans went small, and I thought it was a mistake. Yeah, look, I mean, Doc Rivers, I think, pointed out best. Willie was trying to junk the game up a little bit because he saw what was happening, right? Going with the bigger lineups wasn't producing, you know, their typical basketball. So he's hoping maybe some speed, maybe some more craftiness. And I honestly thought when – Late in that first quarter, Najee, Jose, Herb are all out there together. Maybe Dyson. I forget. Three of the four, right? That That's when the Pelicans actually grabbed the 22-17 lead. And that's why they led after the first quarter, because that's where they gave about a three-minute punch. And, of course, most of that happened with Zion on the bench. So, no, the coaching staff, it, it's on them. They saw what happened. And you can only control your players so much, right? We, we know this, right? The players are going to do what they're going to do, especially the stars in this league. But – that's when the coaching staff, if you're truly, you know, about this season and about the right thing, then you've got to be a coach pop, a coach spoke, where you get into that player's face, no matter how big he, you know, he's, he's the star on this team. And either you yank him, you reprimand him in front of everybody, but you got to do something. And I just feel like I didn't see any of that. So that's why you hope, like you said, on that plane ride, it's a difficult one. Let's hope that they handled the business they needed to behind the scenes. And they'll, they'll be ready, right? You, you can bounce back from this. You have a big opportunity on Monday to beat a team that's at the top of the Western Conference standings, right, in the Timberwolves, where they had them beat, right, here at home a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, but they lost by one possession. And the game Zion didn't play. So Zion 
he should be looking at this as, okay, I'm going to come back with 40 points. I'm going to come back and give, you know, get 10 rebounds. I'm going to come back and show that I, I make proper rotations defensively. And even if I'm winded after, you know, saying 25 hard minutes, that's better than going through the motions of 30 minutes. But the schedule, this is a chance, yeah. you know, for them to make a run upcoming. After Minnesota, which is, you know, the, the best team in the West right now, um, you get Washington, a team that is still in search of its identity, a very injured Charlotte team, the Spurs again, which you know, which we know are are struggling. Memphis, which is struggling. You don't really have a difficult game until you go to the Cavs um, and the Rockets. Those are two tough games right before Christmas, as you get the Cavs on the road and the Rockets at home. But there's a chance these next five games, four and one would be really nice. You know what I mean? Like a, a four and one here is is kind of needed. Yeah. You know, like like for this team to because. These are wins you have to have. Eastern Conference, below 500 teams. Western Conference, below 500 teams. On the road and at home, those are games you must win. And if you can steal this Minnesota game at home and get a 5-0 stretch here, all you know, like you can put this Lakers thing behind you. Mm-hmm. But that is right now, that, this, that, that loss is going to be the defining moment of your season. How did you respond to that game in in Las Vegas? Couldn't agree more. You're coming off hopefully the worst loss of the season. One of the ones that's supposed to shake you down to the core. And suddenly it's a soft portion of the schedule. And you're just about fully healthy, right? There's no excuses, none whatsoever. So if they go about, you know, say three and three over the next six, then I'm if I'm the front office, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, I'm going to make changes. I, yeah, I think I've got to pull the plug on something, change something up, do something. Yeah. But if you can come out five and one and talk, you know, walk the talk that you've been doing previously when they were eight and four playing really good ball for the most part um, and showing winning tendencies. Yeah. I mean, David, <laughs> we can't draw on any further, but I will say this. You want to see more than anybody see Zion Williamson just react in a positive manner somehow some way and bounce back from that performance right you know that herb trey jose naji those guys are going to do what they do and in large i think you can trust bi too right we've seen it over the years bi has some his game will even out yeah exactly (laughs) that's who bi is but yeah i'm going to be so focused on zion everything he does on the court for at least the next week absolutely absolutely um ali i think that that about does it yeah i think we've, we've, we've we've nailed what we want to cover here um and and we'll be back at it um after the game on monday uh and hopefully the pelicans do put it together against the timberwolves and get that win because the, those two teams again two that know each other well have played against each other in games that have meant something the last couple of seasons and you know the the have taken two different approaches when it comes to building around their young franchise player you know, like uh, you look at what Minnesota's done with Anthony Edwards and look yeah. at what the Pelicans have tried to do with Zion Williamson. There's been a bit of a different approach. So it's, it's a it's a pivotal game. It'll be very interesting to see how this team responds. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate. And um, until the next time, for Ali Cosell, I am David Grubb. And in the words of our friend, Preston Ellis, let's go Pelicans.